0: Log Talk Radio.
1: Okay.
2: We had illnesses, and we had one thing after another, but hey, we're back. The balance is back, never to fear. No need to put us on a milk carton. I know I'm dating myself because uh, if you don't get that joke, then you're way too young, but at least you're old enough to listen to the show today. (laughs) Well, today's the day, and you know, we named the show OSU versus TTUN, and we'll get into what that means, the team up north, here in just a few minutes, with Adam and our college football co-pilot, uh, and so we'll be starting off with that, Ted, of course, super uh, Buckeye fan, Brown fan, and super duper Cavs fan, and uh, our college football uh, pilot, co-pilot, uh, so I'm excited to have that conversation with Adam. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's probably the biggest game on our schedule. Uh, we're going to talk about a few other games, though, as well, so don't worry about that. And Also, we have Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles at SI.com. Uh, he'll be talking a little uh, recap from last week, uh, the Eagles and the Colts. It was great to see Ed. It wasn't great to see the outcome of, of the Colts and uh, we'll see. We say any given Saturday, but apparently it was only one given Saturday. <laughs> My name is Tom Marquessel Presidente. 917-889-8516 is our digits. Stick around. As always, it's about to get good. My name is Tom Marquessel Presidente. We'll be right back on the other side.
3: The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom.
0: Morning, face You get it when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Good
3: morning, Good morning, guys. Good morning.
0: Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. What is Hi. that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Right! No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. <laughs> Stay back. I've got mates. Ow. No, we're moving! It's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some.
3: Get 20% off IKEA Sultan mattresses. IKEA. Love your home.
4: Oh, hi. Hi. Uh, hey.
1: I've seen on the
4: board, do you guys have Black Rifle coffee here? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. We only carry good small batch coffee here. Well, it is great small batch coffee. Well, that really can't be unless it's fresh roasted, so, um, you know. Well, it is fresh roasted. I don't, I don't think you know what that means. You know what this is? This is Masa Le which of course, in the Indonesian, like, oh, let me finish. In the Indonesian language, it's weasel coffee. You just made that up. No, it's been passed through their digestive tract. That's disgusting. And then it's nature's wet processing. Yeah, but is it good? I mean, it's all right. Are they investor philanthropists? Do they support good causes?
5: Yeah, tons of causes. Veterans causes and first responder causes. But it doesn't matter because they make good coffee.
4: So that's what I'm wanting. Do you have any? You know what? Actually, I'm, I'm just going to order it They make it freshly okay. roasted. Right. Black Rifle Coffee. It's good.
0: Babies, And now it's time to go to our live remote man on the scene at the Pinedale Shopping Mall for the big WKRP Turkey Giveaway. So take it away, Les Nessman. This is Les Nesman, your man on the scene here at the Pinedale Shopping Center where the excitement is mounting. We're here to witness the big WKRP Turkey Thanksgiving Giveaway. Hey, you got permission to be out here? What? You're blocking my store here,
6: buddy. Don't you know who I am? Huh. I'm Les Nesman. I won the Buckeye News Fuck Award last year. <laughs> Good for you, Buckeye. Now get out of my doorway. I'm sorry. All right, welcome back to The balance. It's
2: uh, Thanksgiving weekend, and uh, you you can't go in, especially an old time radio guy like myself. You can't go into uh, Thanksgiving weekend without playing uh, the. You know, we'll, we'll play the rest of it here a little bit later on. Uh, the turkey drop. Uh, I swear, I thought turkeys could fly. During this now is our favorite Buckeye, uh, WKRP in Cincinnati. Are you familiar with that, Adam? Adam Jevdan, our our college
6: football I, I,
2: I fan. am, but only only barely, oh man, I'll tell you what that's a i mean that's a that's a radio icon uh episode there uh but w i k r p was great uh was great in itself, but that was one of the better uh, did you ever see the turkey drop episode yes uh, that
6: is the one that i am familiar with
2: <laughs> that's probably one of the most famous uh uh Thanksgiving. Uh, bits, it's great. You got to watch the whole thing to get it, but uh, I swear I thought turkeys could fly. Oh, the atrocity! I've watched it so many times. I've got it. I've got it memorized. Yes, we're a little bit late. We didn't. We didn't have the show last week. Uh, it was good to see you and, and catch up with 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 uh, uh, Ed Cratchit riding for the Philadelphia Eagles. So it wasn't such a good turnout for the Colts. Uh, but it was good to hang out with you and see you and see Ed, but man, Joe, so good turkey day though.
6: Yeah. Yeah, it was good. It was it was a lot of travel, you know, just drive up, see the family for a little while, drive home. Yeah. Kinda of the Yeah. Kind of the, the way it goes.
2: And I got I got you. We were supposed to be actually in Missouri to see my daughter this weekend, but Things got moved around. The dates got moved around, but that that happens from time to time. Well, you know what? We we wanted. We do we, we really want to? You know, it's like talk, talking about turkey. You know, and you know, first of all, what's your favorite? What's your favorite Thanksgiving
6: item to eat? Oh gosh, I don't know. Like, I I like dark meat turkey. I think it's phenomenal. Like. Just give me the classic, and then and then they like at, at our family they smoke it, so it's like top Oh, health. cool! I've never
2: smoked a turkey. I love smoking everything, um, but I've, I've never smoked a turkey, so that would be interesting to <clears throat> to try. So you're a dark meat guy, huh? I, yeah, I I, I, I think it it's got more
6: flavor, flavor. than the white meat does.
2: Well, you know, I go straight to dessert. I mean, I want I want some pie. We had a pumpkin pie. We I made I cooked the turkey. It was just me and Melissa here this weekend this year. Can't talk. So didn't do anything really extravagant. We had all the traditional stuff and stuffings and all that stuff. And I I uh, I cooked a turkey breast. Um, but I am a pie guy. I love to go straight for the pie. So I guess what I'm asking you is as it relates to the show do we go straight for the dark meat or straight for the pie or do we have some of the other sides to go along with it? let's 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 leave the best for last because yeah let's do let's I've, do
6: USC first that sounds good to me.
2: USC and Notre Dame i tell you what it's uh I, this is one of these days i wish that we had rick Regan on with us but we don't but let's talk about this you I'm with the UCLA, which, by the way, that's uh, that's another game uh, that, that we need to talk about. But I lost my notes. I lost my notes. Stand by. Stand by. USC, uh, Notre Dame, big rivalry. And we got another rivalry to talk about. I, haven't, I have not forgotten about them. Uh, but the USC-Notre Dame game is a, a huge, huge uh, game. And we've been talking about the USC, uh, especially as, as it is as the news with them being part of the Big Ten. Let's break down uh, USC-Notre Dame. Uh, what, are you, what are your thoughts on this game?
6: Well, what's interesting about USC-Notre Dame is it kind of right. looks eerily set similar to the showdown in Columbus where you'll have one team in Notre Dame that's going to want to keep it low scoring, maybe take the air out of the ball a little bit, run the ball well, play good defense. And if the game's in the 40s, that's not good for them. Versus USC with Caleb Williams, who's now kind of gone into the potentially the second spot in the Heisman tra- chase, um, behind C.J. Stroud, who, with him and, and Jordan Addison, who won the Bolinacoff last year, um, they want to score a lot of points. So I think I think where this is heading is it's going to be which team is able to assert their style of play on the other. USC does not want to get into a slog, a slow ball control game Notre Dame doesn't want to get into a shootout now with that being said um I just don't know especially like the way USC has been playing of late uh they they've only got the one loss on the record to Utah who they could potentially
1: beat in the Pac-12
6: championship game um I believe that's, that's, what the, that's what it's slated to be at the moment, um, to kind of defend that loss or avenge that loss. But USC wants to score. Caleb Williams wants to have free-flowing offense, and if Notre Dame can muddy that up, you want to talk about – I mean, that's a second massive win for Marcus Freeman's the start of his career. And it's been mentioned, I know it's been mentioned on ESPN and Fox, that Notre Dame is kind of the playoff, not, not uh, that they're going to go to the playoffs, but they're kind of a team that a lot of the playoff hopes hinge on because obviously Ohio State beat them in the first week of the season. And then, you know, they beat Clemson, who that is Clemson's only loss, and Notre Dame spanked them. And then they're going to play USC. And if USC loses to Notre Dame – that essentially knocks out USC. So you're talking one team that has had very, a, a very firm hand in the control and the playoff hopes of multiple teams, um, which is kind of crazy. We haven't seen anything like this in a while where, you know, a a, a a team that loses earlier in the year kind of is holding the playoff destinies for two teams. In exactly. their hands. Because I think if Notre Dame beats USC, now Clemson could get back in. Um, or, or if USC wins, they're kind of in control of their destiny. So I, it's, a, it's a fascinating game. Um, I, I think Drew Pine has been playing great, keeping um, limiting mistakes, um, just keeping the ball moving with what the defense gives. I will say, USC's defense is really not good. And so I think this game, I've heard some people say USC wins by as many as, like, 14, 18. I think it's going to be closer. I don't think it'll be totally slowed down, but I don't think it'll be a track meet. I think it'll be somewhere in the middle. Um, And I've got USC winning, but I've got the margin much smaller, I think, than other people. Because I don't know that USC can stop anybody.
2: Well, It'll it'll be interesting to see. I mean, they're, they're favored by four, and I think that's only because they're at home. Uh, Notre Dame's yep. defense has carried the team uh, for much of 2022. Let's let's be real; their offense pretty much sucks. Uh, the Fighting Irish are going on the road to to beat the number six. Uh, so it'd be interesting to see how this game plays out. Like you said, it's probably one of the biggest games of their season. Not to mention that it, that it's a huge rivalry. Um, I, I think the advantage does play to Notre Dame. Um, I think they have a significant advantage in this matchup if they can, if they can find that right balance, if you, if you will. So uh, going into this game, uh, Notre Dame has allowed 2,103 rushing yards, as uh, USC has allowed 1,619 uh, yards. And yards per game, uh, they rank 36. USC rank 66. Uh, yards per attempt, rake, uh, Notre Dame, 50. Uh, yards per attempt, USC, 102. Touchdowns, rank 42, uh, USC, 101. Um, so when you look at it on paper, this isn't a give-your game for Notre Dame, but it is a game that they can win.
6: I, I, I would agree it's a game they can win. I, I, I think it's also hard to kind of, like, take some of those statistics and 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 in a game like this, you kind of take it and kind of throw it out the window a little bit. Yeah, um,
1: yeah so that's a true. It's a rivalry.
6: B, they're not playing – this isn't like the NFL where a lot of the schedules, while they are different, they all end up being fairly similar, you know, um, in terms of, like, strength of schedule and stuff like that. Um, this one's tough because – the Pac-12, name me <coughs> more than two Pac-12 running
1: backs.
6: And that's the thing is, is – good job, bud. That's the thing is there's I, – I don't know that there's going to be a single running back in the entire Pac-12 drafted in the first three rounds of the draft, in the upcoming NFL draft. Versus mm-hmm. Notre Dame has has had – I mean, they've played some some – some tough teams with good running backs and they've done well to shut them down. But I mean, the, the PAC 12 just doesn't run the ball similar to what we saw from the big 12 for years when they would just throw the ball every down, you know, Texas tech would have like 66 pass attempts or something like it, just something absurd, right? That's what's kind of happened to the, to the PAC 12 as well. And so I, I don't know that a lot of those, if, if a lot of those data points matter when you're talking about what essentially comes down to um, a a non-conference game, right, where you have two teams that play two entirely different slates um, this late in the season, I don't know that those kind of stats can be used like to determine. Um, I, I just wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't count on it unless you're talking like a team that is historically good kind of like georgia's defense last year that was just an unbelievably good defense that defense can play i don't care what kind of offense it's up against you know but i, I here's what we know usc really great offense lackluster defense notre dame really good defense somewhat lackluster offense the question is going to be <laughs> which strengths control the other strength
2: which team shows up right well, real quickly, let's talk, we're going to be talking about another really uh, top uh, 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 Heisman candidate here in just a second. But let's not forget that, that well, the, the Irish has faced a, 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 an array of, uh, I guess, if you will, of, of Heisman Trophy contenders throughout the season. Maybe next to C.J. Stroud, there's not been anybody better than Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams, USC, leading uh, the, the quarterback role of sophomore uh, out at USC, yeah, not completely sure that he's going to get the it, but he's certainly one of the the guys that Vegas is talking about. Uh, and when Vegas starts talking about you, I mean, you've made it, right? Uh, but Caleb Williams, he is the real deal. Caleb Williams, USC quarterback. How big of a role is he going to or, – or is he going to play any significant difference in this game today?
6: I mean, if USC wins, it's because Caleb Williams put up some big numbers. I mean, that's it. Caleb Williams runs that offense. Again, their defense doesn't stop anybody, um, and it's largely Caleb Williams and Jordan Addison, the, the receiver who transferred in from Pitt. Um, I think Caleb Williams has asserted himself as the number two in the Heisman race, and if he has a big game against Notre Dame and Ohio State struggles, Caleb Williams could, in the last week of the season, leapfrog C.J. Stroud for the Heisman. It's that close.
2: All right. It's time to get into the pie. It's time to get into the dark meat of the turkey. <laughs> and, and you see where I went with that because that was your favorite part of Thanksgiving, my favorite part of Thanksgiving. This is an exciting game to talk about. So I, I, I will I, I will not hold you back anymore from your dark meat turkey. Jim Harbaugh, Ryan Day, um, Let's, 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 let's talk about this matchup. The team from up north, or as Michigan, as the rest of the nation likes to call it, but as we call it on our show, the team from up north uh, is, is going to have probably, this is probably one of the biggest games in college football this weekend, Thanksgiving weekend. I'm going to unleash you. Go ahead, sir. Let's say your piece, and then we'll break down the game. Bra- right, give so, us the Ohio State version of – I'm just going to unleash you. Go ahead, sir. You are free. You yeah, have free reign. <laughs>
6: so this is is obviously beyond interesting. It's two versus three. It's Ohio State versus that team up north. Coming off of a win for Jim Harbaugh in Ann Arbor, first one of the rivalry, a win for him kicks off the new 10-year war. A win for Ryan Day reasserts Ohio State's dominance and is going to put Harbaugh back into the should I leave, should I stay, um, I think, for the foreseeable future. The talent gap is pretty significant in terms of like recruiting rankings and all of those things, but when it comes to this game, none of that matters. It's who wants it more, and Hmm. I will tell you, the boys in Scarlet and Gray are pissed. They've heard for 12 months that they're soft, that they can't run the ball, that they can't stop the run. And all of that came from last year's game. I think Mm -hmm. we are going to see the best Ohio State game we have all season today at noon. Uh, Harbaugh and, and, and the khaki crew, we don't know that they're going to have – how how they're going to, how much they're going to have Blake Corum, um, who's put up the best numbers at running back in the country with, like, over 1,200 yards, 18 touchdowns. He, he got hurt, hyperextended his knee last week. There was a video of him, like, passing out turkeys, like, on Tuesday, and he was clearly, like, limping. Um, he couldn't – he tried to come back in. He couldn't cut. If he's not close to 100 percent, they have no offense. J.J. McCarthy can't throw the ball downfield. Their receivers are terrible. Uh, Ronnie Bell's the only receiver on their roster. And I'm going to be honest, if, if he was at Ohio State, he wouldn't even crack our top three. Um, and I think Marvin Harrison Jr., Zacha <coughs> uh Julian Fleming, Cade Stover are going to have a field day against a Michigan secondary. If they don't get to the quarterback, they can't stop you. Illinois should have beat them last week. If not for some really, really terrible officiating, would have beat them last week. And (laughs) I just don't see it. Now, I didn't see it last year, but this year especially, I I think they'll get a couple scores, but I think we'll see – A scenario like what we've seen in the last few weeks out of Ohio State where we'll get a touchdown, then we'll get a stop, then we'll get a blocked punt or an interception for a touchdown, something like that. And I think the game will flip in like a matter of five minutes, and you'll look up and you'll go, oh, wow, Ohio State's up by 26. I think that's how this goes, and I cannot wait to rub it in their faces for a year. Good job, bud. Because that's all they've done. After we won nine straight, they want to act like they're the king of the hill. Well, guess what, Jim, your daddy's back home. It's time to sit in the corner and take it <laughs> like the punk you are.
2: I love it. Now let's talk about the game. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, uh, you know, here, here's here's the thing. I, I I, I don't disagree with you. This is going to be a great game. I mean, let's 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 not lie. It is the the biggest game on on the slate of rivalry weekend. I mean, college footballs have uh, reached probably the most beautiful Saturday of the season uh, with the arri- arrival of rivalry week. Uh, there's uh, there's no bigger rivalry uh, than uh, Ohio State and, and Michigan. Records are thrown out the window as seasons are made and lost with a single game. You know, families are divided. It's it's it's, it's fun time to, to watch uh, these games all across the country. Um, of, of course, we're talking about the Heisman uh, Trophy candidate, CJ Stroud. We talked about this at dinner <clears throat> last week. I'm still not convinced that he's going to get the, the Heisman. I know everybody totally disagrees with me. So let me, and I hate to be this guy, but let me play the devil's advocate for you. I don't think you're going to look up at the scoreboard at any time this and I, I know you're going to watch the tape delayed so i'll keep it away from you but i don't think at any time uh you're going to look at the scoreboard and see that uh ohio state's up by 26 now does that mean that the ohio state's not going to win the game no they they, they they're i I, they're, I i mean i can go either way with it with this with this particular game but head coach ryan day has been waiting for the 2022 edition of the, of the game for the past 12 months as you as you mentioned it uh and so what we, what we saw last time was a 42-27 loss in 2021 uh okay it it is what it is it is it is a past game uh, here, here's my thing. And, 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 and home, home field advantage goes a long way. It goes a long way at Ohio State. goes a long way at Michigan. How big of a role does that play? you gotta, you got to look at that. Uh, I, I don't think that we're going to have another 42-27 loss, anything like that. But I don't think at any time are you going to look up at the scoreboard and see that Ohio State's up 26. I know that's, that's here's
6: probably the thing. Here's uh, the thing
2: now. Go
6: ahead. If they don't score early, and we do, they can't play catch-up. They don't have a passing game of any note or any merit. Oh,
2: Fred, dogs. Hold on. That's uh, okay. I've got one, two, three of them, actually. <laughs>
5: Sorry. Neighbor oh, you're dogs. totally... dogs were going
6: to the bathroom, so... Um, yeah, I get it. No, I they, totally they do not have any passing game. At all. <laughs> like, at all. And that's... Well, that's, it if, that's... You know, that's that's where Blake Horbs. Which is why I said... It, 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 really and you're problem. right about that. Blake Corb. that's what I'm saying. It, you're it, right, you're, it's either going to be close, or it's going to be a blowout. There's going to... It so, won't be one of those where, well, they won by 10. It yeah, will be either real close so, or real ugly. Yeah,
2: I agree with that. We got to get on to a couple other games where I still got you for just a couple more minutes. But running back Blake Corum, as you mentioned, their their passing game sucks. I'm not going to disagree with you on that. Uh, that's why C.J. Stroud's going to be one, a, a conversation for the Heisman Trophy. But uh, Blake Corum, we don't know if he's going to play. At least I, the last update that I saw. Jim Harbaugh had no update, so he's the number two guy. I mean, he's probably the number. I mean, he's in the top five of, of top running backs in college football. So if he can't play, is that the Achilles heel that uh, Ohio State will focus on?
1: Yeah, I mean that's
6: that's kind of the point. Is if he can't play or if he's significantly limited, all they have to do is just pack the box and say. Okay, J.J. McCarthy, can you beat us? Can you throw it more than five yards downfield? Probably not. And that's that's the point, is they have an injury to their best player, and they've been crying all week about their injury, ignoring the fact that Jackson Smith's Jigba has played a whole whopping three-quarters of football this year, and we've had dealt with injuries all season. You know what? Injuries are part of the game, you skunk weasels. Suck it up. Quit crying and play.
2: (laughs) All right, real quickly, it's rivalry weekend. Let's just uh, kind of go through some of, of these games real, uh, real quickly, though. Oh, know, um, I was going to ask you about Lane Kiffin uh, leaving um, uh, Mississippi State, possibly. What are your thoughts no, on that? No,
1: they're saying
6: I mean, Ole Miss. I, I said Mississippi State. Yeah, so, I, everything I'm hearing, he's saying. Uh, Mississippi State, State. – screw me up, Tom. Ole Miss kind of came in with a sweetheart offer, and he, he might be just staying there. I, I personally what? wonder that Kiffin's not playing Auburn because Kiffin knows that Saban only has probably a couple of years left, maybe two or three, and then Kiffin goes to Alabama. But that's not, that's not a done deal. The other big coaching move could be Matt Rule coming to Nebraska following his, uh, ousting in Carolina.
2: I heard that too, but I did know that Lane Kiffin met with his players and basically squashed it. So you might be right. You might be right. Let's go through real quickly here. Cause I, I, I know you can't stay with me very much longer. Uh, but it's rivalry weekend. So I'd be a remiss if we didn't talk about some of these other games. Clemson versus, uh, we we'll just go hot seat, uh, rapid fire. Uh, Clemson versus South Carolina. This in-state rivalry has gotten a lot more interesting after South Carolina shellackled uh, Tennessee in week 12, which now we see Tennessee fallen to number 10. So that's, they're out of the the, the uh, conversation for the playoffs. And I hate to go back to the game that we just finished, but is, is a loss Michigan or Ohio State it doesn't matter, is a loss, kick that other team out of the playoff conversation?
6: Uh, Maybe. Um, I say maybe because if Georgia takes care of business and beats LSU, they would be number one. Whoever wins the game today will be number two. Three and four are yet to be decided because you still have, and it will be a combination of either an undefeated TCU. TCU does not get in with one loss. So there would have to be an undefeated TCU, a one loss Pac twelve champ USC, and a one loss Ohio State or that team up north. So
1: so All it's right. really Let's...
6: five slots are down to four te- or, or five are down or four are down to five teams. And it's gonna be some combination. So theoretically, yes. Ohio State could lose today. I would my stomach would be down somewhere around like the Mason-Dixon line, but Ohio State could lose today and still get into the playoffs as the number four seed, and you'd have an Ohio State-Georgia matchup in round one, which would be holy cow. That would be something. All right, let's let's go rapid
2: fire here real quick. Number eight, Clemson versus South Carolina. Big rivalry there, not a lot to talk about as far as playoffs. Uh, issues, but uh, this in-state rivalry has, again, gotten a lot of attention, so South Carolina beat Tennessee back in, in Week 12. What say you, sir?
6: You, you know, I would have kind of just been like, well, I think Clemson's going to win in a battle of two flawed teams. After South Carolina did that to Tennessee, I'm going, wow, I don't know, because Clemson has yet to have a game all season where you watch them and you're like, wow, they look great. I... I'm kind of leaning South Carolina because I just, I just don't think Clemson's got the juice.
2: Well, what do we think about Spencer Rattler? You know, he he threw for six touchdowns against. I keep going back to that game because I think that's the biggest win they've had of the season. Uh, But he he went uh, for uh, six touchdowns against uh, Tennessee in Week Twelve. it's going to be a crazy, crazy environment, but uh, I like Spencer Rattler. He's a, he's he's one of those guys that can go in there and, and shake things up. He's not your traditional type college football run of the mill uh, quarterback.
6: I mean, he was he was coming into his draft class or in his recruiting class. He was a number two quarterback recruit in his class. So Spencer Rattler, he's talented. He just has not been able to in his career. Avoid just horrifically dumb mistakes. If you can start to do that, I mean, you're talking about a guy that that is very talented and maybe the best quarterback that Clemson has played all season. No, I take that back because they played North Carolina, and uh, and he's Drake May is stupidly talented, so he'll be the second best quarterback that Clemson has this season. So, all right,
2: let's, let's move on. Number seven, Alabama. I love saying that. Number seven, Alabama. Can I say it again just because it's Thanksgiving weekend and we're thankful for things? Number seven, Alabama versus Ironbar. Auburn, it's hard to imagine that the 2022 Iron Bowl is just simply for pride. Uh, but uh, let, let's talk about this game. <laughs> what are your thoughts, Alabama and Auburn?
6: You know, normally when Alabama is not playing for a national title, those are the games that Auburn usually wins. They strike up and like they win that game. But Auburn's terrible. They're they're a dumpster fire. So Alabama's gonna win, and they're gonna like beat their chest over. So we beat our rival. We beat Auburn, but Auburn. <laughs> so congrats, Alabama. You beat a really this new, is a... bad Auburn
2: Yeah, this is a me. This is a me nothing uh, type game, but I love it because uh, Alabama win or lose, they're not going to the championship this year. Uh, let's talk about they're number twenty-one this is, this, is, this is a great rivalry number 21 Oregon State versus number 9 Oregon uh, again in state rivalry and an Oregon win and the Ducks will face the USC in the, in, in the uh, Pac-12 championship game adding uh, to the uh, top 10 opponents uh, but a loss opens the door for Utah to and USC and Washington to play USC in the championship game um I totally you know, forgot what I, I was going to say, but this is a, this is a big game in the Pac-12.
6: Yeah, it, it, this is a big game. Really, if USC wins today, they want Oregon to win because they want a matchup against a top-10 team because that would cement them as the number or in the playoffs, and, and, and it would allow USC to, to potentially leapfrog an undefeated TCU because USC has had a stronger strength of schedule. Even though they have one loss and TCU would be undefeated, USC would have had a much harder slate to get there. And I think you could see a scenario where USC leapfrogs an undefeated TCU to climb to the number three spot um, to play the winner of Ohio State and that team up north today. So it, it, it is a game that does have playoff implications, even though Oregon will not be in the playoff. Um, I, I think that's, that's where that's – that's how that game is headed. I do think Oregon wins. Um, Bo Nix has kind of settled in there at quarterback. Um, but, you know, I, I think you're looking at an Oregon team that, that is they, – they know who they are, they know what they do. And I would say it's been a successful first year for, for, for Dan Lanning, at, at head coach, um, following Mario Cristobal taking the Miami money. So, um, yeah, I, I've got Oregon winning this game um, and setting up what would be a really great Pac-12 championship against against USC. Yeah, you,
2: know, you keep talking about the undefeated TCU. I mean, that has to happen. They they do have to, they they do have to run the table. They have to go in I- to
6: make it. They can't, they can't get in with one. Yeah, play.
2: absolutely. Yeah. And they've got Iowa State. I mean. I, I would think because they know they have to go undefeated, they're not overlooking the Cyclones. But this might be a game they can relax a little bit. We say we they shouldn't, but if if you got a game on your schedule and you know you got to go undefeated, are you feeling good about Iowa State?
6: I would not feel good against going against Matt Campbell. <laughs>
2: Mm-hmm. The
6: head coach at Ohio State or at Ohio State. At you got to be State.
2: nervous because they they had a really close game against Texas.
6: So there's that. Yeah, Iowa State comes up with unexpected upsets every single year, and this very well could be it. TCU has been playing with fire. They, I mean, they won on a last-second field goal this last week, and I and I feel like now that it's getting close, they're starting to play tight and they're starting to. They're not, they're not just letting it fly and fly around the field on defense like they were earlier in the season. Could Iowa State come up with the, the, the win? They absolutely could. And I don't know that Iowa State wins this game. I don't know. I think TCU wins. But I think heading into a Big 12 championship game, TCU is going to be on upset alert in a big, big way because I think they are starting to succumb to the pressure.
2: What were your thoughts about the Mississippi State-Ole Miss game on Thursday, Thanksgiving?
6: Oh, the Egg Bowl. Um, It felt very much like a team that thought they were going to lose their head coach and they kind of checked out. And then Lane Kiffin afterwards said he's not going anywhere. So (laughs) that's kind of how it looked to me. It looked like the Ole Miss players didn't want to be there.
2: LSU at Texas A&M. You got to like LSU. On LSU's
6: LSU. going to boat race them because Texas A&M is like a <laughs> dumpster fire. And Jim Fisher <laughs> is the most overrated coach in all of college football. I, I love your – Which I, is I love, saying because Jim Harbaugh is still a coach in college football. We're going to create a T-shirt
2: for uh, Adams Jividens uh, – Jividens – isms. Isms. Adams isms. Boat racing, curb stop, uh, respect the wood, respect the woody. Those are all t-shirts coming your way.
1: (laughs) Curb stop
2: is my favorite.
6: (laughs) Kansas at Kansas State. You like Kansas in this one? I do like Kansas, dude. Lance Leibold, he is doing some work up there. if you didn't know better, you would think that Kansas is uh, more known for their football than their basketball. But I mean,
2: <laughs> Exactly. They did you know, a good the way that they're scoring
6: the boys. Uh, they've had a great season. I, just, I, I really want to see Kansas kind of put a capper on it um, off on, their, on their awesome season, win this rivalry game, get a New Year's Six Bowl most likely. Um, and that's the other thing, too, that we didn't mention with the Notre Dame-USC game. Marcus Freeman, mm. if they win this game, Notre Dame is going to be in a New Year's Six game, which would be a massive success for his first year. So mm-hmm. I, there's a lot on the line this rivalry weekend, not just for the playoff, but for how does the rest of the bowl set up? And for some of these young coaches, um, how is it going to start to set their program up for where they want to head in the future?
2: Well, real quickly, uh, I know we got to let you go. I appreciate you spending a little extra time with us. Two two uh, teams I want to talk with you about, we're going to be talking about in the NFL segment here in a little bit with Ed Kratz, uh, beat writer for the uh, Philadelphia Eagles and SI.com. It was great to to hang out with him last week, and I was glad that, that you were able to join us uh, for dinner. But uh, let's talk about the Colts and that Eagles game I mean, disappointing loss, to say the least. But do we see an improved Indianapolis Colts team under Jeff Saturday? He's not going to be the head coach. But I did see on the rumor mill this week now, I'm one to stoke the fire a little bit. I've been known to do that. Uh, 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 (sighs) The guy that used to coach for the – Sean Payton is looking at coming back to the NFL. Two teams he's looking at. He's looking – at the uh, Cardinals, and what was the other team? I can't remember, but the Cardinals is Chargers. one of the teams he's like The Chargers, the Chargers, that's right? Is, are those the only two teams? Because you know, hey, it's the Colts. We've got to throw him in the conversation. He's not coming to the Colts, but are, 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 I'm encouraged to see the Colts play the way they – the. Although, as we talked about at dinner last week, the the Eagles, we knew the Eagles' de- defense was going to be relatively a cakewalk. Um, so we knew that the Colts had a very good chance of, of winning that game. We would have won that game. I like to look back in hindsight and see, okay, well, if we didn't have an offsides with 30 seconds uh, uh, left in the game, if, if there had been the face mask called against the Eagles with, with Matt Ryan, that would have put us out. we can say that. I don't know, but do we like the Colts? Do they look better? With Jeff Saturday? And is Sean Payton coming to the Colts? We just gotta we just gotta ask that question.
6: He's not coming. I
1: saying. I don't <laughs> know that the
6: team has looked better with Jeff Saturday. I I would say okay, yes, they they beat the Raiders, but the Raiders are terrible. Um and the Eagles the Eagles obviously have the best record in the NFL, but the type of game that the Colts play is the type of game that the Eagles don't want to be in. Eagles want to run. They want to, they want to fly around. They want a high-scoring game. Colts don't. And it's easy for a team like the Eagles having – have that record to overlook the Colts. Do they look better? I'd say marginally. Um, I would say, honestly, maybe what – some of it might just be more of a sigh of relief because they knew there was internal issues – going on between Jim Ursay and Frank Reich. Um, Jim Ursay is firmly supplanting himself into the discussion of worst owner in the NSL. Um, and I I don't know how this team what this team is going to do moving forward. I don't know that if you're a if you're a head coaching candidate that you would want to go coach for Jim Ursay because he's starting to kind of turn into this I run the show you do what I say and a lot of coaches want an owner that just stays out of the way um which might be why Ursay or why Saturday took the job is Ursae, you no know, like would stay out of Saturday's way because of their long-time relationship with him as the Colts center now will they get Sean Payton probably not um, <laughs> I think he's going yeah, to come on man I uh, think they're going to fire Brandon. There is one scenario that the Colts could, I think, end up with Sean Payton, and that's if they get the number one overall pick in the draft and their choice of quarterback for Payton to groom, because that is be nice why be... Payton is looking at the Chargers, is because of Justin Herbert. It,
2: exactly. It, it must be nice to be a coach that says, hey, I dictate terms if I'm coming to you, and Sean Payton's one of those. Yeah, so, that's hey, the the Browns welcomed Tom Brady and the Buccaneers uh, to a, a field that we hope has gotten fixed. So I guess I, I saw that the, the police uh, released new details about the incident at uh, Brown Stadium, or is it called Brown Stadium? I'm sorry, I've called it by the wrong name. Yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, First, First Energy, Energy Stadium. Stadium. First Energy St- Stadium, that's right. Uh, I, I think that was Monday or Tuesday. I, I, I guess that the security team saw a a Truck pull up and guy gets out of the truck, climbs the fence, and 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 begins to do damage uh, to the. Uh, I, I don't know. Did he was the was there? A tr- did he get the truck all the way in? I'm not sure exactly all of that that happened, but uh, I guess he was driving. I guess he did get his truck in there, and he was driving circles uh, around the field. Yeah. First of it all, sounds
6: like you. Were Doing donuts on the freaking 50-yard line. I don't but if you're the security
2: team, sure. my, my, que- my question would be if I'm, if I'm the owner of the Browns or the stadium, I don't know if the, if the Browns own that stadium or not, because, like, the Colts don't own Lucas Oil, but if I'm the owner of that stadium, whoever I am, and you're my security team, and you're watching this happen, and you're just watching it happen, fired, 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 fired. Oh, L- and you're fired.
1: <laughs> <Right>. I mean...
2: <laughs> Now, am I hiring you? to – I mean, I guess they probably called the police and, and and the incident stopped. But from what I understood, from what I saw in the news report, that the security team
1: watched it happen.
6: Yeah, <laughs> well, I, I think they. I mean, he was in a pretty big truck. I think they were kind of like, "What the heck do we do? We don't want to run out there and have him hit us with our his truck." I mean, I don't, I don't blame them <laughs> for that. I, that's where you are kind of like. It's something so wild. You're kind of like, what the heck do I do? You know? Uh, I think it just kind of...
2: It's one of those, hold my beer, watch this, guys. Uh, yeah, the know, I just Uh I guess it's
6: just... The Clinical Browns 2022 season in a nutshell, ladies and gentlemen. There you go.
2: I digress. With I, I don't even know if it was a Browns fan. Okay, they got the butts real quickly. I'll let you go, sir. Yep. I. Uh,
6: you know, I... The Bucks, Tom Brady very obviously has a lot going on at home. Uh, I, I think every time it looks like the Browns are just down and out and just done, like we rise up and, and win the game like we did against the Bengals, I kind of just think maybe that happens this week. There's been so much negative press. We, 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 we could have won so many of these games that we just let go. I just kind of go, you know what? They're at home. Tom Brady clearly doesn't like playing in the cold anymore because he looks like a skeleton. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, maybe, maybe
1: they get maybe they can pull <laughs> out. And I, I
6: think I, I could see this kind of be the last ditch effort by the Browns, um, knowing that that Watson is is coming soon. Um, I guess it's kind of a, the thought <laughs> process, but. You know We don't have time I, to get I, on the I, watches.
1: <laughs> yeah, I I, I hope I
6: hope we can win. I think we're gonna win just because I every time I've been like, Well, we're definitely losing, they'll win. <laughs> so it's kinda <laughs> in the way it's gone this season.
2: So Adam yeah, Jim in Go ahead, buddy.
6: I was just gonna say I I don't know what I feel like when it comes to the Browns, I do a much better job picking every other team in the league except the Browns this year. So, <laughs> uh, I hope everybody has an awesome yeah, weekend. A- enjoy. Yeah. If you still have family, have a great time. And enjoy watching Ohio State win at noon.
2: And we've got a new Jivvy's uh, Den up on the, on the website. So, uh, make sure you check that out, com. Uh, and what uh, what what's, what can they expect from Devin's Je- den What what do we got up there? Oh
6: uh, yeah, we'll have we'll have another one up. Um, we'll have one leading into we'll have a new uh, article up heading into uh, championship weekend next week. May do some NFL. We'll have some NFL like road to the playoffs talk coming soon. Um, before we kind of take a break for Christmas.
2: All right, buddy. Yeah, you have, have yourself a good day. Appreciate you, man.
6: All
2: right, thanks, Tommy. You guys, have a good one. <laughs>
6: we'll see you, Adam Jividen.
2: Super Browns fan, super Cavaliers fan, super duper Cavaliers fan, a Guardians fan. All around, a great guy. Our college football co-pilot, and uh, we're break- we were breaking down uh, rivalry weekend. Obviously, one of the biggest rivalries to talk about was USC and Notre Dame, and of course, the team up north. Or Michigan, Ohio State. My name is Tom Mark Marcel Presidente. Coming up here in just a few minutes, Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles, and SI.com, our official NFL contributor. Going to jump into the NFL. I'll be back on the other side to kind of finish up some conversations, uh, miscellaneous conversations, before we get into that conversation. How many times can I say the word conversation?
1: A movie with Betty Grable.
6: Eat that turkey all night long. 50 can't be wrong. Turkey, turkey, D. Turkey, turkey, I eat the and I
3: take a nap. <laughs> <Thanksgiving>. <laughs> The Air National Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be a far away from my family, so the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition, any state funded college why not give us a call call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more again that's 1-800-841-3103 the Air National Guard guarding America defending freedom
0: when you don't go to geico.com car insurance can be confusing like Swedish techno confusing Dance with me, purple cow. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Ooh, you lovely cow. Ooh. Geico makes it easy. With 24-7 access, all you have to do is go to Geico.com and you can save money on car insurance. It just makes sense. Unlike, you know. Dance with me, purple cow. I like your mood. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be hard. Like early 90s heavy metal hard. I'm
1: yelling! Screaming!
0: And I'm loud! Roar. Geico makes it easy. You can review and update your policy or report a claim on geico.com or the Geico mobile app. Because shouldn't we all have a little less stress in our lives?
1: I'm not even upset
0: about anything! Morning face. You get it when you don't sleep well.
3: Oh,
4: hi. Uh I've hey. seen on the board. Do you guys have Black Rifle coffee here? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. We only carry good small batch coffee here. No. Well, it is great small batch coffee. Well, that really can't be unless it's fresh roasted. So, I don't, I don't, you know. Well, it is fresh roasted. I don't, I don't think you know what that means. You know what this is? This is Masa Lekwa Pique, which, of course, in the Indonesian language... Oh, let me finish. You know what? actually, I'm I'm just gonna order it, then make it fresh and okay. roasted. Right. Black Rifle coffee. It's good.
2: My name is Tom Mark Bissell, Presidente. It is rivalry weekend. Love it. And one of the biggest uh, games that we, we, we talked about. I thank you, Adam Givadin, our A uh, super Browns fan, super Buckeyes fan, super Duper uh, uh, Cavs fan, uh, super Guardians fan, all about Ohio. But most importantly, he is our uh, college football co-pilot. He seems to think. And I, I don't mean to burst his bubble, uh, but he seems to think that uh, we're going to look up at the scoreboard here a little bit later. The game starts at 12 on Fox, by the way, Ohio State, number two and number three, Michigan. Conversations are to be had on the implications of whoever loses in this game. Are they going to get in the playoffs? Yes and no. I mean, probably Ohio State can. Uh, suffer a loss, uh, Michigan. I'm not sure, but this is going to be a tight conversation. To be a tight, tight game. Obviously, Ohio State head coach Ryan Day has been waiting for the 2022 edition of the game for the past 12 months, keeping the 42-27 loss in the 20, uh, uh, fresh in the players' minds. And uh, as Day said this week in, in a press conference, he goes, "Our guys know." how they felt the pain last year. Well, this is not going to be – I don't think this is going to be an easy layup. Now, they, there's some Achilles heels uh, that we that we would look at, obviously because their passing game does suck. Uh, so they, they're going to rely – on whether or not Krom Cr- is playing or not obviously uh, one of the top running backs in the nation so uh, uh but there again the, the Buckeye star running back Trayvon Henderson has has also has had a foot injury and that he's been dealing with over the last few weeks so we'll see how injury comes to play in in this in this game no no pun intended and <laughs> uh, in according we we had the conversation uh whether or not that um uh Lane Kiffen is gonna be leaving Ole Miss. Uh he says no. He stay he's staying right where of course that's what you expect him him to say. So we'll see how that plays out, but that's certainly a um some sort of a, a distraction, if you will. Is it a distraction? I don't know. I think it would be. Uh and then Notre Dame at USC, we talked about that game as well looks like it's going to be a good game i know it's going to be a good game it's at home it's in la i mean the uh the irish are flying across the country there's a lot of r- things that you can come into play the uh uh usc the trojans are favored by four i'd stay away from this game if you're in the betting world uh which i kind of am sort of i'd do it for fun um Okay, I guess Matt Rule. I uh, just being notified of this. Matt Rule is going to be introduced as the head coach of Nebraska. Uh, so interesting there. We'll get that tweet up as as well. My name is Tom Marquis, El Presidente. We'll be right back right here on the Balance Radio Network. We're going to be talking some
1: NFL tonight. tonight. It's magic
3: The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom.
0: Morning face you get is when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Good
3: morning, Good morning guys.
0: Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Oh. Ah, what is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh my God, it talks!
1: No, it's me, Linda from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children! Save them! <laughs> Stay back! I've got me. Oh, they're in my eyes. We're
0: moving. It's called beauty sleep for a reason.
4: Fresh roasted, so um, you know. Well, it is fresh roasted. So. I, don't, I don't think you know what that means. You know what this is? This is masalekwa pike, which, of course, in the Indonesian language—let oh, me finish. In the Indonesian language, it's weasel coffee. You just made that up. No, it's been passed through their digestive tract. That's disgusting. And then it's nature's wet processing. Yeah, but is it good? I mean, it's all right. Are they? investor philanthropists, do they support good causes? Yeah, tons of causes
5: veterans causes and first responder causes, but it doesn't matter because they make good coffee,
4: so that's what I'm wanting Do you have any? You know what, actually I'm, I'm just going to order it They make it fresh. Yeah, roasted okay. mm-hmm. Black Rifle Coffee It's good
2: We just finished up our college football segment. I wish we had uh, Adam on when we broke this earlier. Uh, But uh, breaking news, coming to you straight from the balance studios studios in the West suburbs of Indianapolis. Nebraska hires Matt Rule as their head coach. Of course, he's the former uh, Carolina Panthers uh, coach. Matt Rule is the new head coach of the Nebraska Cornhuskers. Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles now to help us break down the NFL and uh, Thanksgiving week. A lot to talk about this week, but uh, Ed Kratz, how are you, sir? Happy Thanksgiving to you.
5: Late, sort of. <laughs> yeah, well, hey, happy, happy Thanksgiving. Better late than never. But um, so we texted on the That's holiday, right. so we already broke bread together. We, we did. So, sort of. Looks like you had a yeah. great time. Looks like hey, you had I, a, a good time I'm with right. family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, big big crowd. A little, little lighter this year. We only had 18. Usually, we're on the uh, north side of 20. But um,
2: my son down yeah, in North Carolina,
5: time. my son out in North Carolina, he was working with
2: his church and hosting some people. He had like uh, 40 people at his house. I'm like, jeez, man. Mm-hmm. So, but it, we, we kept it low key. We, we felt we were going to Missouri this weekend, but it didn't happen. But that that has got moved back. So we had just planned on having just a low key here at the house. So uh we we did that and you know what's your what's your favorite turkey or favorite uh Thanksgiving what could be turkey, but what's your favorite Thanksgiving food item? Uh well
5: I'm a I'm a turkey guy, Tom. I mean, you know uh, White or Dark. I've been called a to- I uh, I like both, you know, a little gravy, uh, you know, on an open-faced sandwich or some mayonnaise uh, with some plenty of salt. You know, I'll I'll take uh, take any of that, but you know, you don't get turkey a whole lot during the course of the year. So I'm a turkey guy, like going back to the turkey.
2: I love, I love, I do love turkey, but I'm a pie guy myself. Mm -hmm. Uh, So okay, and let's make some cookies too. Yeah. Yeah. I I did have a turkey sandwich, leftover. Is is there anything better than a leftover turkey sandwich? I don't think so. Mayonnaise. I I can't think of mayonnaise. No. I like cheese on mine, too. Okay,
5: Okay. there you go. go. Yeah, yeah, that's a good way to do it. No doubt.
2: We're breaking news here on on the balance. I I know you're familiar with this guy. Uh, Matt Rule, uh, former coach at at, at the Carolina Panthers, goes to Nebraska Cornhuskers, good, bad, or indifferent.
5: Well, yeah, I think that's a good hire for Nebraska. Um, You know, Rule was a great coach in college. You know, he started at Temple. Really, you know, Temple's not known for its football prowess, obviously, but Matt Rule uh, had him in the bowl a couple times, and then he went down to Baylor and did well with Baylor, and he tried the NFL. It didn't quite work out, but, you know, no shame there. We've seen, you know, Nick Saban couldn't cut it in the NFL either. Uh, Chip Kelly, you know, a lot of these college guys that come over from – or into the NFL. Cliff Kingsbury, I guess, is doing an okay job in Arizona, but I think he's on the hot seat. So, you know, it's not an easy transition going from college to pros. So, Rule tried it, didn't quite, you know, put the Panthers where they wanted to go, and now he's back in Nebraska. I think it's a great hire and, and you know, good for Nebraska. Um, they've been down for so long, and hopefully, Rule can turn that around.
2: Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles at SI.com. It was so good to uh, connect with you last weekend uh, over dinner. Uh, I wish that we had great results for the Colts. Uh, so we'll start there and with the with the recap of last week's game. of course, you've got the the, the Packers this week, I believe. But uh, let's let's uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, you know we say any given Sunday, we said any given Saturday is kind of the joke, but I you know let's let's get it out there. Let's, we'll talk about it in just a second. Sean Payton talked about coming back to the NFL, to, to the Chargers or the Cardinals. Those are the two teams that he considers, but of course everybody's talking about the Colts because they need to make a hire, and they're going to need to make a big time there. Sean Payton. He's not coming to the Colts. Let's table that conversation here for just a second. Let's go back to last week's game. I really felt like, and we talked about this at dinner, that the, that the Colts had a real chance of beating the Eagles, and I feel like there was a lot of things, variables that happened. We could play the, the Monday quarterback, if you will, as we look at what happened with that Colts game, uh, to only lose by one. It was deflating but yet encouraging that we were able to go against one of the best teams in the NFL and only lose by one point. Is as, as stupid as that sounds, uh, I think that the Colts are playing better under Jeff Saturday. And I also, on my Monday quarterback, if you will, had we – Got that face masking call, which was clearly a face masking call. Had we not got the offside call, it was 30 seconds left in the game. That's that's gonna be, that's that's a, a cussing moment all in itself. Those are all things that that put us in a situation that we didn't need to be in. Uh, to to so I think we had all the pieces to win. That game. I'm going to climb off the soapbox and let you do the recap as you were there. And uh, always, the city's a better
5: place when you're here. But go ahead, sir. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, listen. I felt like I was kind of in an upside down world there uh, in the airport. Flying out the next day was, you know, I heard a couple of people talking about that non-face mask call and Hassan Reddick sacking uh, Matt Ryan on that third and goal <clears throat> because you know fans in Philadelphia were complaining about not getting a face mask call. And their loss to Washington that really turned that game on its head and put Dallas Goddard, at their tight end, out for at least four games. He's on IR, and that was just flagrant. You know, the the you know he had his head just about ripped off. I mean, you know, Reddicks wasn't near as as flagrant, but nevertheless he did grab a hold of the mask. And you know, I think the quarterback was already you know on his way down or down at that point. But you know. Could have been called, probably should have been called, Um, and then who knows what would have happened from there. Uh, But, you know, officiating across the league hasn't been great. We saw a controversial game on Thursday on Thanksgiving at night with the Patriots and the Vikings, a touchdown that was uh, overturned um, for the Patriots that might have cost them the game. So it hasn't been great, uh, and you know when when I talk about what the Eagles went through with their face mask, that didn't get called. You know they were asked about it, the players and the team. You know the coaches and Jason Kelsey's like, you know it's a loser's lament to complain about officiating. You know we shouldn't be in that position. Uh, only losers complain about calls, but uh, you know the fact is the calls can't affect the game. And you know be that as it may, it was more, you know a really good comeback from the Eagles' point of view. They hadn't had a comeback that, you know, from double digits in the fourth quarter since 2010 when Deshaun Jackson took back that walk-off punt return against the Giants to win that game. So that was kind of a, you know, a big win in in that regard for Philadelphia. But uh, my contention, Tom, is that, you know, I think maybe the Eagles might have did you a little bit of a favor by winning because now, you know, if you look at the big picture, you know, you want to get a good draft pick here. Um, You know, the Colts aren't going to make the playoffs. Maybe Jeff Saturday proves to be the head coach going forward. But the more you lose now, the better chance you get of getting a quarterback in the draft. And and the Colts need a quarterback, bottom line. It's something they've struggled to find in the last few years. They really haven't been in a position, I guess, to draft one, uh, because they've had success with these uh, mercenaries that they bring in to play the position. But, (laughs) you know, you need a quarterback. I I love it. If you look at it that way, if you look at the silver lining here, it was a good thing for the Colts to lose because you want to get a good pick in the draft.
2: Absolutely. Well, if we get the number one pick, we're sure to get Sean Payton. Let's let's, 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 Let's get that conversation out of the way. You and I both know Sean Payton is not coming to the Indianapolis Colts. But Sean Payton makes a conversation that he would consider coming back to the NFL to coach one of two teams, and that's the Cardinals or the Chargers. Obviously, he's 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 able to dictate the terms that if you have the first round draft pick, uh, then I'm, I'm I'm your guy. But but as it be with national media and all the hot take guys out there who who like to do their hot takes on on uh, Thanksgiving weekend and and got everybody's got their attention. We're talking about coaches the Colts need to make a, a, a coaching hire. A lot of people here locally think that Jeff Saturday will stay with well, the Colts, not in a coaching position, but more in a, a front office leadership position, which I can very well see, but I don't see him being the head coach. So can we have the conversation or not have the conversation that Sean Payton going to come to the Colts? Well,
5: I, you know, look, I think he wants to have a good quarterback in place. So if you get a top five pick and you're in range of, you know, drafting, you know, one of the good quarterbacks, yeah, and of course, you have to get it right. If if you're Ballard, you know you got to make sure you, you hit a home run here.
3: Um,
5: ding, 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 there, you know.
2: there's the thing. If you're Ballard and okay. you got to get it right in the draft, we can only pinpoint to a few things on that. So you, there's there you 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 crack the you crack the code right there. Did I did I just insinuate that we need to get rid of Frank? But I mean Chris Ballard. Uh,
1: I don't know.
2: Uh,
5: well, read to the TV. <laughs> Yeah, he's still there. He's a survivor. He's still uh, allowed to make. Uh, what would this be? His second coaching hire. I think he was involved with hiring Frank Reich. Um, you also, know, not a lot of
2: GM He was kids. also involved uh, with uh, hiring uh, Josh McDaniel. Who,
1: <laughs> he, oh yeah, he, he, he turned him this down. Was, and,
2: this was all. This was all a long game for him to get over to the Raiders. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Because yeah, everybody said that he was the heir apparent
2: for the, for the Patriots, but I guess that, that proved not to be the case.
5: Well, uh, you <laughs> we'll know, get besides into the, the bullet not hiring him, he can't coach. <laughs> Apparently, he washed out in Denver. He's washed out in Vegas. And, you know, the Eagles were close to hiring him, too, before they turned to Sirianni. Um, you know, there was a report. And I was told by one person that the Eagles were going to hire him, and I didn't run with it because I like to get two sources on everything that big. and. uh, uh you know, good thing. Good thing that both the Colts and the Eagles didn't turn, turn to him because he doesn't look like he's a very good head coach.
2: Hey, the Colts, now the Colts and the Eagles are so intertwined in DNA, we, we could call ourselves brothers. Yeah. Uh, How about well, I guess it? that would be brotherly love. Speaking of Philadelphia Eagles, I mean, it was just two years ago against the Green Bay Packers when Jalen Hurts replaced Carson Wentz in the third quarter, changing the trajectory. Trajectory. Uh, that's a word that typically I can say of Hertz, Wentz, and the Eagles' future. Dun, dun, dun! Uh, so the, Hertz becomes the starter the next week and has had a firm hold on the job ever since while uh, Wentz is on his third team in three seasons. But the good thing about it is the Capital uh, the command capitals, that's the other D.C. team, or the old other D.C. team are finding a way, way to win. So we'll see uh, what happens. Hurts and the Packers, uh, what say you tomorrow night 8 o'clock?
5: Yeah, you know, the Packers, it's interesting because they're in a similar situation to the Eagles uh, that from last year. The Eagles were three games under five hundred at 3-6 and six after nine games. The Packers are in a little bit – more trouble, even though they're three games under five hundred. At four and seven, they've played 11 games. Uh, the Eagles turned their season around, won six out of the last eight, made it to the playoffs uh, with that three and six record. So, you know, the Packers are a desperate football team. They know that they need to win and get to five and seven and, and keep on winning. Um, and with Aaron Rodgers, you know, you can't discount any of that. Um, he's getting a better chemistry with his rookie uh, Christian Watson, uh, five touchdowns the last two games, um, stretching the field a little bit with his speed. So, you know, they might have something there. And then, you know, their defense is kind of a hit or miss thing. They, sometimes they play well, sometimes they don't. But, again, desperate team because they know if they lose and they're 4-8, and eight, you know, they're not going to win the division. The Vikings are running away with that. So you have to get in position to get one of these wild card teams, and you have that extra one. That's how the Eagles got in last year. They were the – the final wild card of that seventh team to get in. Um, so the Packers are thinking, hey, we, why not us? You know, we, we have Aaron Rodgers, the best quarterback of all time. Um, but we need to win and get to five and, and seven. If you go to four and eight, I would think the Packers are cooked at that point. Four and eight, if you know, five games left you know, then they'd have to win out to get the nine and eight and that probably won't be good enough. So it's going to be a tough game. It's going to be a close game. Uh, You know, the Eagles are at home. Of course, the weather might be a factor calling for some rain on Sunday. Um, So it's going to be a tough game uh, for the Eagles because I think the Packers are are desperate and they still have a very good quarterback, although he hasn't shown it as much this year in Aaron Rodgers. So uh, I think they do enough in the run game with Aaron Jones that can help keep the Eagles off balance. And, if the Eagles don't bring their A game, they're going to lose.
2: Well, it, 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 as, as as much as we want to keep the, the Eagles in the Super Bowl conversation, Cowboys had a good game against the Giants, a real good game against the Giants. Um, are, are the Cowboys going to play spoilers for the Eagles this year?
5: Well, I mean, the Cowboys are defending NFC champs, uh, you know, and the Eagles are trying to spoil that. I mean, the Cowboys are uh, trying to become the first repeat winner of this division since the Eagles in 04 and 05. And it's a long time to have different champions each year of the division. Uh, so the Cowboys are trying to, you know, continue that hold on the division to, to do that. And, uh, Sure, they're right there. They had a good week. They they put up 40 against the Vikings. Four days later, they beat, you know, an NFC East team in the Giants. So, they won twice in two weeks. They're at eight wins. They're still two games behind the Eagles, and the Eagles beat them already. Uh, earlier this year, they have their rematch game on Christmas Eve. That'll be a big one, of course. But, uh, yeah, sure, the Cowboys are pretty good. I think they're fine. Uh, you know, I think the 49ers are a team that, you know, could – uh, could play, you know, in their way into, you know, the NFC championship game or the NFC championship game, I should say. But you know, right now, the Eagles are trying to win the division and they're trying to be the number one seed. Uh, let, let the playoffs come through Philadelphia. Uh, that's how they won their Super Bowl a few years ago. They were the number one seed. Teams had to pass through Philadelphia in the, in the freezing cold weather here in January. Um, and that's what their that's what their goal is. First, they have to win the division. So you know they know, and it's probably a good thing that the Cowboys and Giants haven't gone away because that really hasn't allowed the Eagles a whole lot of room for margin for error. So mm-hmm. you know, I think they'll pu- I think they'll bring their A game on Sunday night, and I think they'll win. Um, but I think the pressure of the Cowboys and Giants, and even the Vikings at nine wins, uh, are, are you know they're helping push the Eagles to keep them kind of locked in and focused, so they. Don't take anything for granted.
2: Well, I, I tell you what, I, I, I still like the Giants. I, I do. They, they're they're very impressive this year to watch, uh, even though they lost to the Cowboys. I, is it just me, or am I just uh, making things up to talk about because I host a show? But is, Shaquan, is Saquon Barkley a better player with the Giants than what we've seen him in with other teams? And is he more calmer? Is he less devia? Less devia? He seemed like he's not a diva, let me put it that way, with the the Giants. It seems like this is a good fit for
5: him. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, he was Rookie of the Year with the Giants when he came in from Penn State, and he's always been a good kid, hard worker, um, you know, nice nice person, raised well. I mean, uh, I've read a lot about Saquon because he went to Penn State, but he's also from, you know, this neck of the woods uh, growing up not too far outside of Philadelphia, so uh, just a good person overall. And, you know, he had the knee injury, which two years ago, which it takes a good year to come back from that. The last year he wasn't quite himself because he was still coming back from that, you know, terrible uh, knee injury, ACL tear. I think he had another tear in there as well. So now he's, now he's healthy. And, you know, he's, he's running like he did as a rookie and in his second year. And, uh, that's really though, the only, Offense that the Giants have, I mean, their receiving core isn't real good. They're not an explosive team. They have a trouble. They have trouble scoring a lot of points. I mean, Daniel Jones has been better than years past, and I think Brian Brian Dayball and Mike Kafka, his offensive coordinator, get a lot of credit for that. I mean, Mike Kafka is being mentioned as a possible head coach candidate, maybe even in Indianapolis. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think they're they're a good, solid team. They play a very good defense, but you know, their weapons, other than Barkley, are, are really lacking, and that's something they're going to have to address in the offseason. Well, that
2: was a great game to watch uh, for Thanksgiving. It's it actually a fun fact here. It was the, the highest-rated Thanksgiving game on TV in NFL history. That's probably because people got done eating and just said, uh, screw it, I'm going to sleep trip the fan uh, so the TV stayed on. You know, that's how they, they gauge it. I don't know how they, they used to do with the Nielsen ratings and stuff like that where people would actually do paper ballots sort of thing. They don't do that anymore. So I, I don't know how they do it electronically to figure out how the viewership is, but they said it was the highest watched uh, NFL game on Thanksgiving Day in NFL history. Fun fact for you. I like the Bills and the Lions. I can't get away from Josh Allen. He didn't play so good the whole the whole game but when it came down to being what you need to be as a quarterback of an NFL team Josh Allen did not let you down but the lions are the worst and best in the NFL if you will they they're winning games and they're staying with they're staying with teams but this was a significant win against the bills on on Thursday 2825 and I honestly thought the game was going to go into overtime, to be honest with you. It didn't happen. And Josh Allen, I mean, I, I texted you and said he's the GOAT. Maybe he's not, but, man, he, he he's the real deal. What are your thoughts, Josh Allen? The Bills, the win over the Lions.
5: Yeah, it was, you know, the Lions were playing well, and they're at home, obviously, Thanksgiving. Fans are, you know, packing the place. It was a good win from the Bills. You know, they have had their share of struggles this year. I think they've lost three games. But, you know, you're not going to win them all. So, you know, the Bills are still ah, – boy, it's hard to pick against the Chiefs. But the Bills, you know, they're they're one of the top two teams in the AFC. And, uh, you know, I, I think the better team won. But, you know, credit to the Lions. They played them tough. They're playing well for Dan Campbell. Had they won that game, they're 5-6. and six. And, you know, they're in the mix. And I saw somebody tweet out that they're better than the Packers. And they might be better than the Packers um at this point but uh yeah the bills is tough tough to beat with Josh Allen as the quarterback you know he you know he he's grown from his rookie year the bills have stuck with him uh you know I think you know he has had his share of struggles he's thrown probably more interceptions than he would like and you know maybe part of that's losing you know his offensive coordinator Brian Dayball to the to the Giants, who's the head coach there now? So maybe a little of an adjustment for him, but yeah, there's no doubt he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league, and probably the top top three. Maybe Mahomes and him kind of jockey back and forth as to who's the best. I mean, Rodgers isn't in that mix anymore. Tom Brady probably isn't in that mix anymore. So yeah, I would say Mahomes and and, and Allen go back and forth as to as to who's the best. Maybe I'm missing somebody in there. Um, uh, I can't – I mean, Justin Herbert I thought would have a, be, be having a better year for the Chargers, but he, he really isn't doing that. Um, so, yeah, yeah, he's he's definitely a good quarterback in the Bills. That's why they're one of the teams that are favored to go to the Super Bowl and win it all.
2: Vikings had a good uh, win on Thanksgiving as well against the New England Patriots. I'm so glad to see that we're not having a conversation about the New England Patriots in the Super Bowl. Uh They really did bounce back, though. Kirk Cousins is, is, I mean, you could say he's one of the studs of the game, if you will. And and, uh, uh, I I like Kirk Cousins. He's done me well in fantasy football. The Vikings and the New England Patriots, what say you, sir?
5: Yeah, I mean, the Vikings, they're just finding ways to win. You know, they're winning tough, close games. uh, And they've only lost twice, and neither of them were close. You know, the Cowboys... Blew him out forty to three, and then the Eagles dominated them twenty four to seven in the game that the Vikings weren't really in. And they intercepted Kirk Cousins three times in that game. So, you know, to me, and I know that was a prime time game, and they said Kirk Cousins can't win on prime time, and that's that's true. He's got a bad record in prime time. But boy, Sunday at one o'clock, he's awfully good. <laughs> uh, and that's where it counts, prime right? Prime time on Thanksgiving. Yeah, and Thanksgiving, he won the game in prime time. So change the narrative a little bit, but they, they're just winning games, you know, close games. They're finding a way to do it. And that probably will serve them well as the playoffs start. Cause we know these playoff games are usually tight fought affairs. And if the Vikings know how to get it done, uh, you know, in the fourth quarter, then that's going to help them. So, yeah, I mean, you gotta, you gotta like them. They're one of what, two teams with nine wins. I think the Eagles and the, and the Vikings, I don't know. Maybe the Chiefs have nine at this point. I, I don't know, but uh, I know the Vikings and Eagles that both have nine wins in the NFC, and the Eagles are going to try to be the first team to win 10, uh, but they also hold the tiebreaker over the Vikings like they do with the Cowboys at this point. Um, now, the Cowboys can do something about that, but the Vikings, they, they lost to the Eagles, so really, even though they have the same number of wins, the Eagles have that. <clears throat> for if you're looking at, you know, seeding in the playoffs, the Eagles hold the tiebreaker by virtue of their win in week two.
2: Well, we know that that the Colts likely or more than likely not going to make it to the the playoffs. So Tennessee Titans, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, the Bills and the Ravens and the Dolphins are all teams that I'm looking at in the AFC. Uh, Out of that pack, if you will, I honestly still think Kansas City Chiefs makes another appearance in the Super Bowl. But it's going to come down to the Chiefs and the Bills and the AFC, don't you think?
5: Yeah, I mean, I think so. I mean, it's hard not to think that at this point. Like you say, maybe the Ravens. I think they've just been a little too inconsistent, the Ravens. Um, And the Chiefs have some vulnerabilities, but, boy, that offense is so good. I mean, I just – Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, I just don't know how you stop that duo. I mean, they don't have – I mean, Nicole Hardman's on the IR. They don't have Tyree Kill anymore. Uh, they have a rookie running back and Isaiah Pacheco but yet that offense just keeps on clicking and uh it's impressive. Andy Reid's a, you know, a Hall of Fame coach, excellent play designer and play caller now. Um so uh, yeah, it's hard to think that they're not going to make it. But then the Bills have that revenge factor. You know, they lost to them last year uh in the playoffs and you know, they got that chip on their shoulder and you know, they're they've already beaten them this year the Bills so yeah, but I don't see who else could really sneak in there. You mentioned the Ravens. I just don't think they're consistent enough. And um, yeah, I don't. I don't really see see another team out there that can that can threaten either of those teams in the AFC.
2: You know, in the, in the, on the bubble, you see the culture on the bubble. I, I I'm with you. Let's 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 either be really good or really bad. Let's not be mediocre or, or lukewarm. And so i right. I'm with you. Let's. You know, no team's going to say, let's take a dive. But the the Colts have the Steelers on Monday night. They have a very good mm-hmm. chance of winning uh, against the Steelers. But, I mean, at this point, if you're a Colts fan, are you, are you rooting for the Steelers or are you rooting for the Colts?
5: <laughs> well, when you're a fan, you got to, you know, it's hard to look big picture. You know, you're in the moment team to win. Um, but, you know, if they lose, then that's how you have to approach it is, okay, silver lining if you finish whatever eight, nine and, or, you know, whatever, eight, eight and one, you're drafting like what? 17th, 16th, somewhere in that middle of the pack range. Uh, You're going to have to find a way to trade up to get into the top eight, maybe to get a quarterback that you like. So, you know, that no man's land of the draft isn't where a team like the Colts needs to be because they, their glaring need is quarterback. And, going to be hard to find one sitting in the middle of the pack. So, yeah, root for your team to win always. <laughs> you know, the heck with the big picture. Absolutely. But if they lose, then you look at the big picture and say, well, okay, it's not so bad. <laughs> you know, we're, we're, we're piling up the losses. We're getting in the top 10, and we'll get a quarterback.
2: Absolutely. Let's look at the NFC. The NFC package, if you will. The the leaders are obviously the Eagles, the Vikings, the 49ers, and and the Bucks. Uh, is it, it, are, are we pretty much secure in saying that the NFC uh, championship comes from one of those four, or, or do we look at some of the wildcard teams like the Giants, like we just talked about, and and I'm going to throw the Seahawks out there for you to have a conversation yeah. with them about that, so I can stir the pot a little bit.
5: Yeah, I I was going to say the Seahawks. I mean, there's no, I mean, I think them them and the 49ers are still uh, battling to win that division. So, uh, you know, I I wouldn't discount the Seahawks at all. You know, Pete Carroll really eh, kind of an under-the-radar coach, kind of an underrated coach, I think. I mean, you know, they weren't expected to do anything this year. You know, you had Drew Locke and Geno Smith, and it's like, ugh, you know, those guys, (laughs) nobody likes those guys. And then you know, Geno Smith takes a job, and and they're off and running, and they're getting contributions from their draft class. Uh, their offensive line has been rebuilt, and they're playing well. Uh, I mean, I, I like the Seahawks. I mean, the veteran, experienced coach and Pete Carroll. Uh, so yeah, I, I don't count them out for sure. Um, but yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a fight to the end. I mean, the Giants. You could have three teams from the NFC: the Eagle, Cowboy, and Giants in that mix. So. Yeah, you can't count out the the NFC East either. Uh, I mean, there's still a lot of football to play, and it's gonna, you know, everything will settle settle out over the course of these next seven weeks or six weeks. So, um, but yeah, those teams you mentioned are all in the mix, and you know, it's it's not like the AFC where you're top heavy with those two teams, the Bills and the Chiefs. And the NFC, I think it's it's pretty wide open. And uh, well, let me let me throw another twist. The best, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. I was just going to say, you know, the Eagles have the best record, but that doesn't necessarily mean they're they're the best team. I mean, there's good teams in the NFC, and there's a lot of them, and they all have strengths and weaknesses, and it's all going to depend on matchups, and we'll see who comes out of the East uh the NFC. It's so wild uh, to me, the NFC, with these so many teams that can can be that team.
2: Well, let me throw another twist out to you. Carson Wentz is at home tomorrow against the Falcons. Falcons are five and six, and uh, uh, the the uh, the Commanders. I said, Falcons and Commanders. Yeah, uh, the Commanders are six and five, and the Falcons are five and six. Either which one of these teams that wins is going to put them at five hundred. That's going to put them in the conversation talk. And the Commanders are doing a, a a really good job. And I look for them to have a really good game against the Falcons at home. Carson Wentz going five hundred and going into the playoffs. Above the Colts is 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 as co- a crazy conversation to talk about. As, as often it's on this show we refer to him as the uh, recycled water bottle. We got it from the Eagles and the Commanders got the same recycled water bottle from us. But as crazy as it sounds, the Commanders have found a way to win. And if they're at five and uh, if they're at five hundred at the at the end of the day tomorrow, we're having that conversation about them at least being in a legitimate. Playoff contender.
5: Uh, yeah, I think I think the Commanders are six and five. So if they win, I, I think they're seven and five, uh, and right there with the Giants. Um, you know, so again, I don't think the NFC East gets four teams in the playoffs. That would be absurd. But uh, and it's not why it's not Carson Wentz's team anymore. And I think that's the difference. It's Taylor Heineke's team, and you know, Wentz is probably healthy now to come off the IR, but commanders are sticking with Heineke, Um, you know, Wentz is back on the bench and the the commanders have a lot of faith in Taylor Heineke, you know, they think they believe that he's the guy and they've certainly been winning with him and, you know, it's a team that's playing well. And yeah, I mean, they could play their way into the mix. The Falcons are still there for the hunt, for the, for their division with, with the bucks. So big win, you know, big game for them to win. Um, to get to 500 at 6-6. Six and six. But if the Commanders win, man, there's that's four teams in the NFC East that are at least two games over 500 each. I mean, that that's pretty amazing. Uh, I think the Commanders got a lot of confidence beating the Eagles, first team to do it this year, and they're feeding off it. And, you know, uh, it's going to be a good game. Uh, commanders are really flying kind of under the radar at this point. But if they keep winning, they could find themselves in the playoffs too.
2: Ed Kratz, beat writer for Philadelphia Eagles, has joined us in our post-Thanksgiving uh, show and breaking down everything that's going on. We appreciate you joining us. Uh, how was how the Billy Joel concert, I've got to ask you?
5: Uh,
2: well, it's
5: the first time I've seen him. It's just, you know, great show, great, great entertainer, talks to the crowd, really engaging, funny guy, uh, great music, great musician. Uh, You can't say anything bad about it at all. Even though the guy hasn't written a song in like thirty years, a new song. (laughs) What's the best? What's the best Billy Joel song? Well, you know, obviously the fun one's the Piano Man one that you know the crowd pretty much sings the last chorus for him. You know, while he sits there at the piano and like waves his hands like a maestro, like you know he's conducting (laughs) the the crowd and the and the lights are turned on and you see the whole crowd (laughs) singing and. You know, it's just, it's just a whole lot of fun. Uh, but, yeah, he, he did like I, – I could talk for a while on this. But, yeah, he's just oh, really yeah. – if you ever get the chance. I mean, he's – you know, it's funny because he plays Madison Square Garden in New York City once every month. And he's been doing it for about 10 years, or maybe not quite. But, uh, you know, he says, welcome to Madison Square Garden. We're the house band, you know, which is true. <laughs> you know, they, they're there every month uh, so yeah, it's just, uh, if you ever get the chance, I mean, it's just really a really good, good fun show. And he's, he's not getting any younger. He's 72 and I don't know how long he can do it. You know, he talks about how he struggles to hit the high notes now. And, uh, you know, even that's kind of a little funny segment that he does when he talks about that. So, uh, you know, if you're going to see him, you better, better schedule it soon because, uh, I don't know how much longer he can do it. I mean, I'm sure he'll try to go as long as he can, but, uh, it's not getting any easier for him.
2: You know, one of the songs that I like is kind of a dark song, but Captain
5: Jack. He, yeah, I, I, he didn't did do he, that song. Are you for He, uh, but, um, he I, didn't I, do that song. I know it. No, he did not. No, no. You know, uh, I mean, you could Google you know, that uh, set list.
2: That uh, that song has got a Philadelphia connection. Did you know that? It's probably one of the the yeah. biggest yeah. Outside, outside of Piano Man might be one of the biggest uh, songs Billy Joel's ever had. Uh but that song was originally taped uh at a Philadelphia radio station. But it's a, it's kind of dark because it's about, you know, uh teenagers uh, buying from a drug dealer, uh heroin and, and other stuff from uh a a drug dealer by the name of Captain Jack. Um but he he wrote it from the perspective of, of a depressed kid. I thought always thought that was kind of a, a good story behind that song. So
5: mm-hmm. music yeah, trivial that's good. I mean, all his songs have like you know. Every now and then, Sirius XM Radio will put the Billy Joel station uh, oh, on, yeah, cool. and it, it, he he talks about some of you know his songs and what they mean and how he wrote them and when he wrote them, and um, it's it's pretty cool. They'll on, like a three month Billy Joel station, and it's it's worth a listen because nice. it's not just the music, but it's it's him talking about the music, which is really yeah, interesting. absolutely.
2: Have you ever seen Trans-Siberian Orchestra?
5: I have not. My sister's seen them. Yeah, she man. loved it.
2: Oh, that's a great show. I, mean, I try to go. Yeah. Uh, we didn't get to go the last couple of years because, you know, COVID and a lot of other stuff. But they come every year to Indianapolis. So we're going to be at that concert. So looking forward nice. uh, to yeah, that. That'd that'd that'd
5: be, done it. I don't uh, Christmas here, huh?
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles, SI.com. Where can people find your work and masterpieces? What you working on, sir?
5: Well, you can find me on Twitter, uh, Kratz, K R A C Z E, or uh, at my site, si. dot com slash nfl slash eagles. Uh, you know, a lot of Eagle Packer coverage this week, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, and then coming out of the game, plenty of post game. Analysis, stories, and then uh, looking ahead to next week's visit from the Tennessee Titans. Back-to-back weeks of playing last year's number one seed in the AFC and the NFC, respectively. So, uh, yeah, you well, check it I, out. I, I, all the videos posted. And, yeah. Well, anytime you can beat the
2: Titans, I'm all for it. But the Titans is pretty much about the AFC. So nailed down so either either which way i'm happy with either one of those wins ed kratz appreciate you joining us you have yourself a good weekend and happy thanksgiving late to you
5: yep have a great weekend tom talk to you soon all right buddy we'll see you bye-bye ed kratz beat writer for
2: the philadelphia eagles and si.com our official uh, nfl contributor uh breaking down the nfl on thanksgiving weekend My name is Tom Marquis, El Presidente. Make sure you go to our website, BalancedSportsCast.com. Also, follow us on the Twitter at T-Balance, and on Facebook, The Balance. My name is Tom Marquis, don't drink and drive. It isn't cool. I'm out of here, (laughs) Jesus.
0: All right, fellow babies, and now it's time to go to our live remote man on the scene at the Pinedale Shopping Mall for the Big WKRP Turkey Giveaway. So, take it away, Les Nesman. This is Les Nesman, your man on the scene here at the Pinedale Shopping Center where the excitement is mounting. We're here to witness the Big WKRP hey, Turkey Thanksgiving Giveaway. Hey, you got permission to be out here? What?
6: You're blocking my store here, buddy. Don't you know who I am? Huh? I'm Les Nesman. I won the Buckeye News Fuck Award last year. Good for you, Buckeye. Now get out of my doorway. I'm sorry. Freak?
3: <laughs>
1: so far, so good, huh? I'm here with hundreds of people who have gathered to witness what has been described as perhaps the greatest turkey event in Thanksgiving Day history. All we know for sure
0: is that in a very few moments, there are going to be a lot of happy people out here. Now, the crowd is... The crowd is, uh, <laughs> curious, but well-behaved. Uh, uh, and I think I hear something now. Uh, the crowd is moving out into the parking area. And, oh, yes, I can see it now. It's a, it's a helicopter. And it's coming this way. A helicopter? It's flying something behind it. I can't quite make it out. It's a large banner. And it says, uh, happy, thing.
1: Giving
4: <laughs> from w K.
1: P.
0: What a sight, ladies and gentlemen! What a sight! The helicopter seems to be circling the parking area now. I guess it's looking for a place to land. No, something just came out of the back of the helicopter. It's uh, a dark object. it's uh, a skydiver plummeting to the earth from only two thousand feet in the air. <laughs> No parachutes
1: yet. Those can't be skydivers. I can't tell just yet what they are, but... Oh, my God, there's turkeys! Oh, it's terrible, Johnny, can you get this? Oh, they're crashing to the earth right in front of my eyes! Why is this winter the windshield of a parked car? Oh, Johnny, this is
0: terrible. The car running around pushing each other. Oh, my goodness. Oh, this humanity. Oh, people are running about to... Uh, they're hitting the ground like
1: sacks of wet cement. I don't know how much longer the, the crowd is running for their lives. I think I'm going to step inside. I can't stay out here and watch this anymore. No, I can't go in there. Children are searching for their mothers and, oh, not since the Hindenburg tragedy has there been anything like this. I don't know how much longer I can hold my position here, Johnny. The crowd... <laughs>
5: last, last. are you there? That isn't there.
1: <laughs>
5: Thanks for that on-the-spot report, Les.
1: Those <laughs> uh, of you who
5: just tuned in, the Pinedale Shopping Mall has just been bombed with rock cigs. <laughs> Film at 11.
1: As God is my witness...
6: I thought turkeys could fly.